Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. I'm going to read from Galatians chapter 3. Open up a few thoughts to get you into the Word and allow you to go on a journey. I trust if you're visiting with us tonight, I want to just say that we have been and are on an amazing journey in this incredible book of Galatians. Where the pinnacle of this book is, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. God wants freedom for your life. Not freedom. Freedom in the world looks like, well, I've got freedom to spend. Or I've got freedom to go somewhere, so I've got a visa. No, that's not freedom. Freedom happens in here. Freedom is something man cannot get to, man cannot touch. Freedom is intangible, but you can see it. Freedom. Relationship with Jesus. Knowledge of our status as sons and daughters because of Jesus. And I want to read a portion of scripture, open up a little bit of it, and we're going to carry on from there. Is that good? So, chapter 3, verse 18. For if the inheritance depends on the law, then it no longer depends on the promise. But God, in His grace, gave it to Abraham through a promise. Why then was the law given at all? I trust as you are studying and you are reading, you are asking that question. That's why Paul answers it, because he knows We're at the stage of the book. We should be asking this question. It was added because of transgressions until the seed to whom the promised referred had come. The law was given through angels and entrusted to a mediator. A mediator, however, implies more than one party, but God is one. Is the law therefore opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. But Scripture has locked up everything under the control of sin, so that what was promised, being given through faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was a guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, we are all, you are all children of God, through faith. For all who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Hello and welcome. This is the word of God. Brings freedom and life to our very souls. And I want to answer this question just with two images that the Apostle Paul uses. So, why the law? Was it bad? Was it evil? No, it wasn't bad or evil. Understand this. The law was a gift, a good gift given by a good God to a people who were on a road to destruction. Behind the scenes, what had happened to another nation called the Canaanites. They had gone on a journey and they were so vile in their ways. They had their moral compass was so messed up. They would sleep with their parents and their mothers and they would kill people. If you didn't want the, if you wanted someone's land, you'd just kill them. They had this debaucherous lifestyle that had become so intrinsic to their culture. You know what happened to the Canaanites? God wiped them out. He wiped them out. So he looked and, and here's the thing. People make the statement, God doesn't have favorites. And yet God allowed the Canaanites to be wiped out, and he chose to spare his people, the Israelites, his chosen people, 
He said, actually, I, I need to get them to the place when my son will come and break into eternity, break in from heaven. He will break into the story of earth and all of history will stop for a moment. But until that time comes, I need to get my people there. I need to get them there because if they don't get there, they might not make it like the Canaanites. Why was the law given? He uses two pictures. And I'm sorry I can't work for it line by line like I did this morning. But I want to take those two pictures because they're incredibly, incredibly helpful. And the first picture is this. And it says, before the coming of this, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. The first picture of this is someone in custody. I had a mate when I had this privilege of playing some sport overseas. He was an Irishman. He was a hooligan. He was wild. He was famous for being wild. Like literally, songs are still being sung about this gentleman. And so what would happen, we would go out, and he would begin his regular Saturday night ritual, which was drinking way too much, and then the antics would start. But the local police knew this guy. And so there were, on more than one occasion, moments when he frequented evenings out and had too much of fruit of the vine, and he ended up doing silly things. And for his own safety and security, the police would actually take him. And we, his mates, knew this. It was for his good. They would take him and put him in custody. He wasn't under arrest. He hadn't committed a crime, but he was going to, (laughs) and they knew it. So the local police used to take this guy. It happened on three occasions. They'd put him in a cell. He'd wake up the next morning in jail, go, thank you very much. They would go, no problem, and he would walk out. (laughs) He was in custody. Why? For his own good. Because here's the thing. Like the Canaanites, we have a default to wickedness. Like the Canaanites, we have a default to sin. Like the Canaanites, we, we don't default to doing the right thing all the time. And so Paul says, actually, why do we need the law? Actually, because of their transgressions, because of their sin, they needed the law. They needed to be put in custody for their own safety. Otherwise, they would end up like the Canaanites. And God is committed to his people, so he put them in the custody of the law for a time. Not forever. Not forever. Just for a time. See, because there would come a time where perfection would touch earth, where heaven would touch earth in the form of Jesus, his blood would be spilled, and we would have access to the throne room of heaven, not just as slaves, but as sons and daughters washed by the righteousness of Jesus. Until that time came, God said, my people who I love, I need to put 613 mosaic laws around them. Why? So they would be put in custody so they can get there. Does that make sense? Is that a helpful picture? And then it carries on and says, so verse 24, so the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified. And now we're really going to kick into church 2.0. We're going to read from the New King James Version. We're getting serious at church tonight. Wherefore, such a good word. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, But after that faith has come, we're no longer under a schoolmaster. I don't know about you, but I grew up, actually many of you didn't, in a dispensation where schoolmasters, the alarm is about to go off. It's all good. Stay calm. My parents, who just, my dad's name happens to be Abraham Karl Greiling van Pletsen and Joy Lynette van Pletsen, 
When I was in Standard 8 and I decided to buy a farm and they had to move away, that came with the territory going farming. And my long-term desire had actually been a boarder at school. I know, a little weird, but it is what it is. And what happens in that scenario is parents who love you, parents who are fighting for your future, parents who have an inheritance for you, cannot take care of you in that moment, in that context. So they place you in the guardianship of a school system, of a boarding house, of border masters. Get it? A guardian. The challenge in my world in the guardian is some of those guardians weren't a whole lot older than us, and they had a way of ensuring you kept the rules of the house. In my younger years, and Justin was a boarder from Standard 6, he knew they, I mean, you literally stood out of line, you got caned. That's what happened, you got smacked. The way that they kept people in line, the way that they put them in custody for the time that they had them, which was from grade 8 until grade 12, was to use something called the rod. Liberally. It came with a whole other thing called fear. You know what the irony of it all was? It didn't stop much. We had some hooligan mates that would climb out of third story building windows to get to the jaw on a Saturday night. When they knew they would get caned on Monday, they didn't care. But they were placed under the guardianship of guardians, legal guardians who were called to look after them. The law is not evil. The law was temporary. The law was not some system that man came up with. No, God gave the law. We don't have to ask that question, who gave the law? God gave it. And you know what? For a time and for a season, like a 13 to 18-year-old boy who has to be sent off, the law is good. But there comes a time, and there came a time, when all of that and the need for that changed. It was when the blood of Jesus was spilt. I no longer need to be placed in custody. I no longer need a legal guardian because I'm no longer an orphan out there running on my own. I am a son living for the glory of the King of Kings and I long to live for Him. Everything changes. Don't get wrapped up in what the law is about. The law is everything we would add to what Jesus has already done. Everything. It's the little moments you feel like, if I, I've just got to get up this morning, that little bit, if I don't, then I don't know if God's going to do that thing for me. Stop yourself and go back to sleep. Then wake up again and say, thank you, Father, that you are my Father. Why? Because we all default there. All of us, guys. All of us. Here's the thing. I had a big weekend. I've had lots of people in ministry, all that... I actually didn't spend the whole afternoon praying, just confessing to you. I had a sleep from 4 o'clock to quarter to 5. And I feel great. But you know why? I used to struggle with that. When I first came into pastoral ministry and I was, came out of the marketplace in to be a pastor, I, I would spend my Sunday so ritualistically, legalistically, wake up, I've got to get up at five and I'm on my knees and I'm shabadabadaba and I'm praying for people, I'm lifting up every person and by four minutes past five, I'm done. But now I'm awake. Now I do get up every Sunday earlier than that. Why? Because I love to spend time with my father. I long to spend time with my father. I'm born for that. I don't need a, a custodian, get out of jail now, go and pray. I don't need a guardian, wake up, wake up. If you don't, 
No, I, I have a desire birthed deep inside of me called the Spirit of God that reveals to me who I am, a son who longs, who longs, who longs to spend time with his Father. The gospel is not a set of rules that you fall in line with. If I just stay within the boundaries of that, it's what the Israelites were trying to do. And Paul is fighting for our freedom and he's getting us to a place where we could be free, free from all the conditions that we so default to. Why? Because actually over there is sitting one of my sons and I tell him, if you do this and you go pick up the dog do's outside, you can have a biscuit. And you know the challenge of that is I condition him to understand that if he does something, he'll get something and it's not the way of God. And we have to allow the word of God to break in over our thinking and bring freedom. And I want to jump ahead to a scripture that wraps it up in verse 26. Sorry, it's a bit of a, you're welcome to download this morning, a little bit more meaty, a little bit longer. It says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. How? Through faith. It's clear. For all of you, say all. all. For all. Good. Of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ clothed in Jesus' blood and his righteousness. And when the Father looks at me, he sees what? The perfection of Jesus. But I'm not perfect. No, but Hebrews tells us clearly, I am perfect being made holy. I'm on a journey. A journey that's long. It's a long journey. Some of these guys, are, it's an early journey. And, and you know what you want to do? You want, the enemy shouting, oh, you're not perfect. Roscoe, you're not perfect yet. I know what you did yesterday. And, and he's shouting, and we're going, oh, you see what slaves do then? What custodians go, I'm, I'm going to be back in jail. I, I, need, I need, where's the guardian to smack me back into line? And God says, no, I'm your father. I'll take you by the hand and I'll walk you back into line. And I've placed my spirit inside of you, the promised Holy Spirit that has sealed you. And he walks you gently, kind, sometimes strong, but he walks you. And then this is incredible line. It says, there is neither Jew nor Gentile. Why is that important? Because the Jews had a covenant and the Gentiles didn't. The Jews were in and the Gentiles were out. And we still live with the mindset at times that some are in and some are out. Got to shake that off. It says, actually, neither slave nor free. Why? Because under the law system and the legal system, it entitled those who were free men and it spoke down to those who were slaves. And free men had rights to deal with slaves in ways that were not God's ways. But God says as a new covenant comes, and in the new covenant, every man is equal. In the new covenant, every man at the cross stands the same. And when we stand to receive the salvation of Jesus with billions in the bank or nothing in the bank, with, with, with law cases against us or nothing against us, no accusations against us, we stand equal because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and we all need the same salvation the gospel he's showing us the gospel it's unbelievable and he says actually he carries on he says there is nor is there male and female you see before jesus came and in the legal system man held all the cards why because man was circumcised and man carried the mark of the covenant in circumcision and woman didn't which said the promise landed on man and women were the the maybe beneficiaries of it they were second-rate citizens. They had no legal access. They had, they had to st- their own places of worship. And Jesus says, I broke in so that every legal system that had held anyone, including women, 
I bring them all into a space of freedom and sonship and daughtership under the love of a father who is committed to their freedom. And no legal system is going to speak into that and minimize what I have done on the cross. You get it? He's fighting. He's passionate. He says, for you all are one in Christ Jesus. All one. Why do we take time? That was the preach, guys. That was the preach. That was the, the time I spent preparing there during the week here, praying for these folks, saying, thank you, God. Let them count for your kingdom and let us be a soil in which you have planted them that they will flourish and your kingdom will advance. That was the preach because some of them have had legalized, legalized systems of thinking that have been inbred into them. And God says, I'm going to place you in a family where some children understand. And as you rub shoulders and you gather around the word and you feast, others are going to show you what it is to ask a father the gospel i think it's beautiful it says if you belong to christ then you are abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise guardians and custodians don't give inheritances unfortunately these days a legal guardian is paid a sum generally by a government who wants to deal with a problem in society, so they throw money to people who don't have work and they take guardianship of kids in many of the first world nations. And it's a broken system. See, what the kids in that system don't get, they don't get love and hugs in the middle of the night. And they don't get an inheritance and they don't get a fighting for a future. They get a home, they get fed and they kept safe. But they don't get to understand they are loved. They don't get to understand that they have privileges. When I get placed into a home and I'm adopted into the house of God, I receive the full privileges of sonship. I receive an inheritance that is eternal. And it's not because I did anything, it's because Jesus did everything. And when I believe that, my only journey is this. And I want to stress this. The challenge to us is to believe in Jesus Christ. Not believe in the church. Not believe in the ways of the gospel. Or even if I follow the principles of the word. You see, you can follow the principles of the word. And there is a measure of an inheritance here. The Bible says, don't commit murder. It's a pretty good thing not to do. There's an inheritance in not committing murder. It's logical. This is not throwing out the civil laws. This is not throwing out the moral laws. This is speaking into the mosaic laws that would come upon our salvation and paint a picture that somehow they are mixed. He's saying, no, I want you free from the inside out. Our first journey is this, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when I believe, it has to change my thinking. And I have to realize that I'm clothed with his righteousness. And my position when I wake up in the morning is righteous. I'm not perfect, guys. I promise you. Just ask my wife. Ask my kid. He's sitting right over there. I fail them at times. I get angry sometimes. Ask my neighbor. She lives next door to me. She can hear me. It's my mom sitting there. Between the three of them, they could probably tell you some stories that you'd be horrified. But is that going to define the boundaries of my life or the promise of the word of God that showers over me going to speak into my soul and remind me every day who I am? I've got to believe. I've got to realize. I've got to enjoy. Enjoy the fullness of relationship with the Holy Spirit. 
not a side-to-do potential optional extra. The Holy Spirit is God, and not only the enabler, but the equipper for us to walk our journey as sons and daughters, and the one who allows us to shout out, Abba, Father. You want to, maybe this concept of sonship and daughtership, and we're going to have to speak about it more, is foreign to you. It's foreign to anyone who does not allow the Holy Spirit to take us on that journey. And here's the, the kicker, here's the challenge. No matter your past, no matter where you've been, no matter your story, this truth plays out in our lives. And if we would allow it to get deep down in our souls, in our thinking, in our hearts, and allow it to change the way we respond to life, we'll walk in freedom. No longer needing a custodian, no longer needing a guardian, because we've got God inside of us showing us. Can I pray for us tonight? Here's the thing in this series that's going to be tough for some. You've got to allow God to reveal the ways of slavery that you've had for years. And here's what he's going to ask you to do. He's going to ask you to take those chains off and leave them behind. Because some of those are comfort zones that you hold on to and you think they bring you life, but actually they just put more chains on you. Things you do because you think somehow they please God and maybe, just maybe, they'll make God happy with you. Allow that to fall off right now. I want to pray for us. Spirit of God, you are here. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for the preach that preached through 20 different people this morning, tonight, through their lives, through their stories, and through the grace that invades. Thank you that your gospel is so real and alive and committed to our journey from slavery to sonship. And I pray in every heart and every life, and as every person who in faith steps out and reads your word and allows your word to break into their hearts, I pray in every story, bring freedom, bring liberty. We thank you, God, and we give you all the glory. Amen.